Hey, I want to read a couple of scriptures here from Romans, and then we'll make some, some comments. But Paul, in writing to the church at Rome, he, he says here in verse 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes, for, to, for the Jew first and also to the Greek. Then he says, For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. You know, Paul was preaching the gospel, and he says this gospel, this good good news message of the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ has within it the power of salvation, the power to save you, the power to heal you, the power to deliver you, and the power to set you free. And he says that power will only work to those who will believe it. In other words, if you don't believe it, if you don't act upon it, if you don't accept it, if you don't put your trust in it, it won't work for you. You know, the reason, the only difference between a sinner and a, and a Christian is the Christian has believed the gospel and has accepted it, and God has released the power of salvation in their life. The sinner may have heard the gospel, but didn't accept it, didn't trust it, didn't believe it, and it hasn't worked for them yet. Because you see, in everything that God does, there's a God side, and then there's our side. Notice that he says here in verse 17, for in it the gospel is the righteousness of God revealed. Notice God reveals our, how to get into right standing with him. Righteous means to stand in the presence of God in a righteousness, in a right way, or without guilt, sin, condemnation, inferiority. But I'm in right standing with God. I'm in harmony with God. And he says the way to get into right standing with God is revealed in the gospel. But then notice what he says this. It's revealed from faith to faith. Notice that the gospel is revealed to us from faith to faith. In other words, God speaks the gospel to us through faith, and then by faith we have to receive that gospel. You see, everything God says is in faith. I mean, you know, He created the worlds with, with His faith by speaking the word. So every word God speaks is a word with faith in it, praise God. And notice He says that this gospel comes to us from faith to faith. In other words, God's faith speaks it, and our faith is to receive it. And then he goes on and he says here in verse 17, the just shall live by faith. In other words, once I have put my trust in the gospel, then I continue to live in the gospel. The word just there means justified or made righteous. Those that have been justified through the gospel of Jesus Christ, those who have been brought into right standing with God, those who have released faith in the things that God has said are now to live by faith. You know, it's amazing. You know, people talk about, well, I don't know where faith is so important. Well, you know, I believe faith is vitally important. In fact, in Galatians 3.11, Paul, again, writing to the church of Galatia, says, the just shall live by faith. And if you want to go ahead and take it a next step up higher, in Mark 11.22, the Lord Jesus, speaking to the disciples, said, have faith in God. What was he saying? You have faith. You have faith in God. You put your trust in God. And you know, during this time that we're in right now, it is so important for each and every one of us to have a personal faith, to have our faith developed, to be able to believe God ourselves. In fact, in Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 4, the prophet over there says, the just shall live by his faith. And that's what I really want to get into is, is learning how to use 
your faith. In other words, the just shall live by his faith. In other words, I put my faith in God. Now I'm going to learn to live in my faith. I'm going to learn how to use my faith. I'm going to learn how to walk in faith myself. I'm going to learn how to believe God myself. Because you see, there are times that you may find yourself that you can't get into service. Just like right now, you can't get into the sanctuary. Wish you were. We'd be praying and believing God and standing and shouting and right down the line. We will. It's coming soon. Praise God. This thing's coming to an end. And it's coming soon, and God's going to restore, and there's going to be a great revival break loose, and we're going to be a part of it. But until that time happens, we have to, each one of us, live by our own faith. We have to learn how to believe God ourselves. We have to trust God ourselves. I have to learn how to release my faith myself, amen, and have faith in God. And over here in Mark chapter uh, 9, and we'll begin in verse 14, we'll read several verses. This is a story where the Lord takes and he and he gets a man's son set free but he really teaches us the error of most people and how to get out of error and get back over into faith you know the lord is coming down off the mount of transfiguration he'd been up there glorified and the peter james and john had seen it and they you know they're coming down and the bible says in verse 14 and when he came down to the disciples he saw a great multitude around them and the scribes disputing with them in other words they were discussing and and arguing and disputing and, and, and what about this? And, you know, and so they're, they're carrying this on. And the Bible says immediately when they saw him, all the people were greatly amazed and running to him greeted him. I guess they were greatly amazed. He just walked from out of the glory of God. Amen. And he said, and he asked the scribes, what are you uh, discussing with them or with my disciples? Then one in the crowd answered and said, teacher, I brought you my son, who, who, is, a, who is a mute spirit. And it says, I brought you my son. And he says, and wherever sees him, it says, he goes on and he goes and he says this. And wherever seizes him and throws him down, he foams in the mouth and gnashes with his teeth and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. Notice this man says, I brought my problem to your disciples and I wanted them to do something about it, but they could not. And Jesus answered and said to them, he says, faithless generation or unbelieving generation. That word faithless there means simply to, to actively disbelieve or have unbelief operating in your life. Amen. So there's no faith involved so far. And he says this, he says, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? He says, bring him here to me. And they brought him to Jesus. And when he saw him, immediately the spirit uh, convulsed him and he fell to the ground and he wallowed foaming at the mouth. And he asked the father, how, how long a time ago is this happening to him? And he said, from a, from a child. And so he says, and often he has thrown him into both the fire and into the water, destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Notice this man is coming to the disciples first and he's putting everything else off on everybody else you see there comes a point in time folks where you're going to have to take some responsibility yourself so far this man is wanting the disciples to set his son free he's wanting jesus set him free he's taking him to the preacher he's taking him to this but you see his faith so far is not in operation he's still in doubt and unbelief he's putting it all off on somebody else and you know, sometimes we can get help through a supernatural sign, through the anointing of the Holy Ghost, but most of the time, we're going to have to use our own faith. We're going to have to put some faith in there also. And so the Lord is going to show us this, and he says this, and Jesus said, he, he says, if you can do anything, in other words, he's questioning the Lord, if you can do something, help me. 
And Jesus says to him in verse 23, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Notice that the Lord puts it back on him. The Lord is saying, it's not what I can do, it's what can you believe. Because you see, Jesus can do anything that you and I can believe. Because the power of the gospel is revealed to those who believe. Hallelujah. In other words, God's salvation, God's deliverance, God's healing, whatever you're needing from God right now, it comes through us from, through faith. We have to believe. We have to put some trust in this thing, praise God. We have to, to, to set ourselves to believing what God says and that he will do. In fact, the word believe here wrote it down means to have faith in, to entrust, or to put your trust with. So the Lord says, can you trust me with this? Can you, can you step out of fear and, and frustration and, and why me, Lord, and questioning God? And can you just step over into a place where you can trust that the Lord will do this for you? Notice what the man says. He says, immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Know what he did? He immediately began to get himself in faith. But being realistic with himself, he realized I don't know if I have enough faith, but I am going to start right now with everything that's in me. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to start right where I'm at. And Lord, I, I may have more unbelief in my mind than I have faith in my heart. Will you help me with that? You know, you've you got to understand something, church. This is the thing. The Lord is not going to work with you on the faith he expects you to have next year. He's going to work with you with the faith that you have right now. And, you know, all of us, when we are facing a problem, when we're facing a, a situation, a need, there are always going to be doubts and fears and unbelief that's going to be attacking our minds. And there's always going to be that, that what ifs that are going to still try to get in there. You and I have to be as wise as this man was. He realized, I just can't put my faith in the preacher's without putting faith in God. You see, you, you can have a minister that's anointed of God lay hands on you, and if your faith is just in that minister, you won't get anything. Because, you see, you've got to believe that God's going to work through that ministry. All faith has to go to God. All faith has to be released to the Lord. All faith has to believe, be uh, believing and trusting that the Lord's going to do this. In other words, I've got to bypass everything I see and feel. I've even, you know, and, and like I said, you, you do. Laying on of hands by ministries is an anointed way of getting healed and blessed. But, you know, if you aren't believing God when hands are laid on you, you still won't get anything. Just like these disciples, they couldn't get this man's son set free because he wasn't believing anything. And up to this point, the Lord couldn't get this man's son free because he wasn't believing anything. And so therefore, the Lord challenges him. He says, if you really want me to do something for you, you have to believe. And the man changes his attitude. That's how quick we can change. You can go from, from fear and you can go from doubt and unbelief and you can go from, from hopelessness to faith just like that. What you have to do is immediately just stop and say, what am I doing? I'm going to trust God. I'm going to believe God with this. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to start right now believing that the Lord will take care of this and he's going to get me through. Now notice here that whenever the, the man cries out, this says, and when Jesus saw the people coming, running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, deaf and dumb spirit, I command you to come out and, and enter him no more. Then the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly, and came out of him, and he became as one dead, so that many said he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. Notice here that Jesus didn't do anything until the man made a confession of faith, Lord, I believe. 
Hallelujah. And just as soon as the Lord got this man to believing, he was able to do something. Why? Because just like we said in our text in Romans chapter 1, the gospel is revealed to us from faith to faith. God's faith works with our faith to bring forth that which he said he would do in the word. Praise God. And so therefore you and I have to believe. We have to step out. So the first thing we have to do is this. When you have a problem, if you're facing a problem, bring that to Jesus. Just don't bring it to church. Just don't bring it to your pastor. Just don't bring it to a minister. Bring your situation to Jesus. Notice he said up here in, in, in uh, this, this verse up here in, in, in uh, verse 19, he said, he answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Hallelujah. So the first thing you and I need to do, if you're facing a situation right now, this is the thing. Look beyond everything that's around you and take it to Jesus. What do you need the Lord to do for you? What do you need God to do in your life right now? What, what provision? What blessing? What deliverance? What, what do you need the Lord to do? Bring it to Jesus. But you're going to bring it to Jesus. You're going to have to do the second thing is this. You have to bring it to him believing. You have to bring your situation to the Lord Jesus Christ believing that he is able to do this. In Hebrews eleven six, the Bible says it this way. But he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him amen in other words faith doesn't just believe that God is God faith believes that God will do for you what God says he will do in his word amen let's let, let me share with you again Hebrews 11 chapter 11 chapter verse 6 for he that comes to God must believe notice he doesn't say should believe he says for he that comes to God must believe you have to believe something what am I going to believe Pastor Darrell you're going to believe this he that comes to God must believe that he is God you got to believe that God is God and you're bringing it to God and you're coming to God you're bringing your situation to God and you're coming to God and you have to believe that in his, his power you got to believe in his grace you've got to believe in who he is and then he says this not only do you believe that he is but believe that he is a rewarder of them that will diligently seek him in other words the two parts of faith is this. I'm bringing my situation to God because I believe he's God and he's greater than my situation. He's greater than my need. He's greater than my problem. And my God has given me in his word that he will do for me what he said he would do. Amen. See, 2 Corinthians 1 says all the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus to you and me. God has given us his word. In Isaiah 55, 11, he says this, not one word that God speaks out will return him void but it will produce in this world that which it was sent to do the word of God is alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword it will produce in my life and so Romans ten seventeen says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God so therefore if I'm going to have faith and believe God is I'm going to believe according to the word I'm going to believe according to the gospel and I'm going to come to God and bring my situation to him I'm going to believe he is greater than this and then I'm going to believe that he will do for me what he said he would do in his word amen god will take care of me in fact look over here in matthew's gospel the ninth chapter we'll look over here and turn over here real quickly and and we find there there's two blind men that come to jesus in matthew chapter 9 beginning verse 27 we'll read down to uh, verse 30 and it says this when jesus departed from there Two blind men followed him, crying out and saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. 
Now, now here's the thing. It's so important that you get hold of this. These are not just two blind men groping in the darkness, you know, begging and pleading and just crying out out of desperation. No, they said, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on us. When they cried out son of David, they were declaring out of their mouth that Jesus Christ was the king of kings and Lord of lords. They were declaring, you are the son of God. You are the son of David. You are the king. And a king has the authority through his word to change a situation. In other words, the word of the king is law. Amen. And so these blind men, they've heard enough about Jesus to get the revelation that he is Lord, he is king, and his word can set them free. And they come to him, and they're crying out to him, have mercy on us. In other words, Lord Jesus, you are the king, and we're going to have you to have mercy on us. We don't deserve this. We don't we can't get good enough to get this. In fact, blind they were they were outsiders in society at that time. They were you know all you know cast out and whatever and and, and you know considered you know beggars and unclean. But they are coming to the Lord and they're saying, "Lord, not by our might, not by my power, not because I'm I, I deserve it, but have mercy on us because you're the king." You're the Lord. You're God. You can make this happen. And then he says this, And when he had come into the house, the blind men came into him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I'm able to do this? Isn't this amazing? These guys are following the Lord down the street, and he goes into his house, and they come in with him. You see, faith is, is not going to be denied. I mean, if you're going to believe God, you cannot be easily offended. You cannot be easily disquieted or, or put off or, or, you know, discouraged. Yeah, I mean, I mean you know, uh, it may not look like God is hearing you, but you've got to stay with it, praise the Lord. You can't just stop because you hadn't gotten a response right off the bat. These guys are coming down the road crying out after the Lord Jesus. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on us. And Jesus just goes right on down the road, goes into his house and sits down. Well, you know, a lot of us would say, well, you know, my God, I guess it's not God's will. You know, maybe, you know, uh, maybe I just need to pray more or do something. No, these guys, they, they didn't, they, they weren't deterred, praise God. Their faith is out to get something from God. And you know what? When Jesus said, Mark eleven twenty two, have faith in God, he was talking about having a, a, a just a, a bulldog faith that will not be determined, deterred, not, will not be, you know, broken, will not be squelched, will not be quiet but a faith that says, I don't care how big the mountain is, I don't care how big the problem is, my God is bigger. And that's what these two blind men are doing. And so they come into the house where Jesus is sitting, and you know what the Lord asked him? Look at this. He doesn't, uh, you know, uh, get into conversation with them. He doesn't take time to, to, to try to build up their faith. He just looks at them and says, do you believe that I'm able to do this? Hallelujah. Do you believe that I'm able to? You know, that's a question we have to ask ourselves. Do I believe that God is able to take care of me? Do I believe that God is able to meet my need? Do I believe that God is able to get me through this situation and through this season, through this time? Do I believe, do I really believe that God is able to do what I need him to do? And you know what they did without hesitation? They said to him, yes, Lord. Woo, glory to God. They called him Lord. Amen. He's more than just a teacher. He's more than just, a, you know, Joseph's son. He's, he's more than just a, a prophet that showed up. 
He is the son of David, the king, and he is Lord. Hallelujah. So these two blind men have gotten a revelation that Jesus is Lord and king. Meaning what? He is able to do this. He's Lord. Hallelujah. And you and I, if we're going to have faith, you and I have to believe that he is Lord. Hallelujah. He's able to do this. He's king. And he's the king of kings. And he's Lord of lords. And, and so they said, yes, Lord. In other words, we believe you can do this. Notice what Jesus does. Then he touched their eyes, saying, according to your faith, be it unto you. And their eyes were opened. Hallelujah. Notice that the Lord didn't do anything until he got a confession of faith out of their mouth. He had to have them to speak out their faith, just like in Mark chapter 9. He had to have that man speak out of his mouth his faith. Yes, Lord, I believe. He said here, yes, Lord, we believe. And Jesus said, according to your faith. What was their faith? Their faith was their confession. Their confession, I believe, was their faith being released unto God. And so you see, faith is an action. Faith is a trust. Faith is believing. Faith is saying, Lord, I believe. Faith is giving God something to work with in our life. Hallelujah. And so these two men, they received a miracle because they believed it in the heart and they said it with their mouth. They spoke out the things that God had told them to do. And isn't that exactly what the Lord Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty three, Verse 22, he said, Mark 11, he said this, have faith in God. Then verse 23 said, for whosoever shall say unto this mountain. Notice that you have faith in God. If you have faith in God, talk your faith. Speak your faith. Bring your faith to God. Notice he says to yourself, say to this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he says. Hallelujah. In other words, the Lord wants us to believe. He wants us to bring our situation to him, but he doesn't want us to come to him in desperation. He doesn't want us to come to him and in, in, in crying and, and pleading and begging. No, no. He wants us to bring our situation to him, believing that he is able to take care of it and believing that he will. Just like Hebrews 11 said, said, verse 6 said, He that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a reward of them that diligently, diligently seek or inquire of him. In other words, I'm diligent with this. I'm absolute with this. I'm not going to be deterred. I'm going to believe God. I'm not going to let this thing defeat me. Jesus, you are king and you are Lord and you are well able to do this and I believe. And as you believe and you speak your faith, you release the Lord to work with his faith to heal you, to deliver you, to meet your need, to change the situation you're in right now. None of us are without hope and none of us should be without faith because Romans chapter 12 says that God in verse 3 has dealt to every one of us the measure of faith. When you made Jesus Lord, God gave you a measure of faith. Now what you've got to do is get in the word and begin to develop that faith and learn to live by your faith and live by trusting God yourself and learn to believe that your prayer will work and believe that that your confession will move the mountain and that God will meet your need and God will work in your life and, and you, can, you can have victory in your life. I tell you, it's the greatest thing that will ever happen to you is when you get so liberated from trusting and having to depend on everybody else and you bring yourself to a place where you can trust solely and totally upon God and your faith begins to move mountains out of your life. Your faith begins to get prayers answered in your life. You begin to get to the place where no matter what comes your way, you just walk with a trust with God that you just know he's going to get you through and that you just stay diligent with it until you get the answer. Just like these two blind men, they were diligent with their faith. They were not going to be deterred. They were not going to be discouraged. They were not going to be turned away. They were coming to God and they believed that Jesus was the great eye 
I am. Amen. They believe he is. And they believe that he would be a reward of them if they would diligently seek and inquire of them with their faith. And their faith met God and God met their faith. And listen to me. God will meet you in your faith also. Amen. Now, let me share with you real quickly. And Romans chapter 4, and we'll bring this to a close, because I want to show you some, some steps that you can take here and, and, and cause your faith to just work in such a great way. Because like I said, we have to go beyond just people help. We have to go beyond just looking in the natural. We have to bring it to Jesus. And when we come to Jesus, we have to get into faith. And then we have to recognize, just like the man did, I believe, but I still have some doubts hitting my mind. But here's the great news. You can believe God and have faith in your heart and get answers with doubts hitting your head. Amen? There have been a lot of times I've watched God do supernatural things, and my head was going, how is it going to happen? What are we going to do now? How are we going to get through this? Thoughts of, of what ifs just kept coming my way. But in my heart, I held fast, and I believe. Because, you see, faith isn't of the head. Faith is of the heart. Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty three that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart. Notice that, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass. He'll have whatever he says. So I've got to keep doubt out of my heart. You can't stop doubts from hitting your head, but you can stop doubt from getting in your heart. Fill your heart with the word of God and fill your mouth with a confession of that word and your faith will move mountains and your faith will move God to move in your life. In fact, here in Romans chapter 4, the Bible says in verse 17, talking about the faith of Abraham, which is the faith you and I walk in, he says, as it is written, I've made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed, even God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they were. Notice that God calls those things that do not exist as though they did. Hallelujah. In other words, God speaks to you what his will for you is. Amen. First Peter 2, 24. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. God is speaking to you that you were healed. Now use your faith and get the word into your life. Amen. And God's healing will manifest in you. Philippians 4, 19. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Get it into the now and say, God, I thank you that you're supplying all my need. According to what you've written in your word, I believe. So we build our faith on God's word. We build our faith on what God says and what God said he would do for us. And we believe he'll do it. We believe he'll watch over his word and perform it in our life. Amen. Now notice what he says right here in, in, in what Abraham did. It says this, who contrary to hope, in hope believed. In other words, when it looked like it was hopeless, Abraham continued to have hope. So that he would become the father of many nations. How did he have hope? According to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. In other words, Abraham based his hope. He based his faith. He based everything on believing what God said God would do. And notice what he says this. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body or, or, or already dead, since he was already about 100 years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. In other words, Abraham refused to just look at the problem all the time. You know, a lot of us, the reason, maybe you're, you're, you're listening right now, watching right now, the reason you're having a struggle is this. You're, you're just, all your attention's on your problem. 
All you all you're thinking about is, is is the situation and 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 the and the problem. Well, you know, Abraham, he could look at himself and he he didn't ignore the fact that hey, I'm almost 100 years old. My wife, she's 90 years old. He didn't he didn't take a, he didn't deny that they were there, but he refused to look at his situation and let it dominate him. You know what? You cannot look at your problem and let it dominate what you think. You cannot look at, at what's going on around you and let it control who you are. It will cause you to be weak in faith. But Abraham was not weak in faith. He refused to let that be the dominant thing in his life. What did he do then? He did not waver with the promise of God through unbelief, but he was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. In other words, every time he looked at himself in a mirror and saw it's impossible, he'd go back to the Word and say, but with God all things are possible. And then he began to praise God. And then he began to thank God. Then he began to give God glory and say, Lord, I thank you that it's not by my might nor power, but it's by your Spirit and your Word. You're bringing this to pass in my life, and I receive it so in Jesus' name. Amen? And then he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but he was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully convinced or fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was also able to do, and therefore it was accounted him for righteousness. Notice this last part, and here's where I've got to get you to. And being fully persuaded, fully convinced in his heart that God was able to do what he promised to do, that God would perform what he said. And folks, that's what faith is. Faith is simply saying, God, you, have, you're, you're, you said it in your word, and I believe you'll do it in my life. And according to your word, I believe it's so. So I challenge you right now, stand on the word of God. Get your eyes off of the problem, off of the, the symptoms, off the circumstance, off the situation, and get in the word. And stand on the word and begin to thank God for his word. Begin to praise God that he's going to get us through this. And he's going to get you through what you're facing right now. See, the just shall live by his faith. You need to live by your faith. You need to bring it to God yourself. You need to believe that God will take care of it yourself. You need to go ahead and acknowledge there are doubts. I'm not going to act, act like I don't have any doubts hitting my head. But Lord, in my heart, I'm believing. And I'm standing on your word, and I believe that what you said, you're well able to perform in my life. And I believe it so. And I thank you for it. And I claim it in Jesus' name. Listen to me, folks. We can all do this. Every born-again believer can do this. God has given us faith to get it done. So right now, I want you to begin to lift your hands up to the Lord right where you're at and begin to thank God. I want you to just, just say this after me. Heavenly Father. I claim your word. And Lord Jesus, I declare you're my Lord. And Lord, I believe you that your word is working for me. And Lord, I believe. And I bring my situation to you right now. Lord, I, I ask you to help me with the doubts and unbeliefs and fears that are attacking my mind. But I believe that you're well able to take care of this. And I believe that I receive you doing a mighty work in me right now. And I declare it done in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, what you do from now on is you just begin to give God glory and begin to thank Him and praise Him and believe it's so. Notice we confess Jesus the Lord. If you don't know that Jesus is Lord, confess Him as Lord. In fact, 1 John 1, 9 says, if you've messed up, the Bible says, we'll confess our sins. God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You know what's He saying? God's just wanting you to come to Him saying, Lord, I messed up. I ask for forgiveness and God will forgive you and he'll cleanse you and he'll restore you. You see, God wants you to live by faith and walk in victory and be an overcomer. So I challenge you today, don't let another second go by. Live by faith. Step over in faith. Begin to shout the victory. Bring your situations to God every day and believe that God is well able 
to perform his word and make it come to pass in your life. Amen. I've enjoyed bringing this word to you. We're looking forward to being with you soon. Praise God. Until then, I'm praying for you that God's very best will be yours.